Welcome to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. Alex is one of five Australian certified practitioners through the Institute of Functional Medicine and focuses on identifying the root cause of disease by taking into account an individual's genes, environment and lifestyle for treatment. She's the principal naturopath at Healing Hands Natural Health Centre in Ipswich, Queensland. Along with her talents as a Western herbalist and nutritionist, she has also excelled previously as a midwife and registered nurse. At Alex's practice, health is a right, not a privilege. Welcome, Alex. Hello, Miss Bindi. How are you? I'm well. Uh, it's been a while. It's good to have you back. Likewise, with everything going on in the world, yes. we managed to make it without swimming away or dying. <laughs> How good. Now, uh, before we get started, as always, we have uh, our disclaimer. Uh, we must let people know that you're not a medical doctor. I am not. Uh, but you are one of the now seven individuals in Australia who can uh, call themselves a certified functional medicine practitioner. Yeah, that's right. Basically what that means is I have done the full hardcore expensive training that cost me nearly an adrenal gland um, <laughs> and did actually fix me up for a long time about doing any other study from the Institute of Functional Medicine in Portland, <clears throat> Oregon. Um, to get your certification, of course, it is really hardcore. Two years, you have to do a very complicated case study and a four-hour exam that is supposed to be harder than the medical board exam. So it is a very proud thing I... Um, of treatment I consider, if that's bad, good English. And yes, there isn't, there are a lot of people call themselves, especially in my industry, functional medicine. And I, yeah, there's, I'm not a doctor. There are some functional mm. medicine GPs in Australia. They're one of the seven. It mm. sounds like the superheroes, but not super, <laughs> we're not superheroes. But um, I am actually, um, yes, but just not the medical bit. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about how to live longer. Yeah. Um, which, crikey, we could all use a bit of that right now, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's not just about living longer, Bindi. It's about, I always say, well, and I quote somebody who I'm ashamed to know, say I don't know who it is. The trick is to die young as late as possible. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Right? So yeah. you don't want to just, unfortunately, when we think of living longer, when I was a nurse, I loved doing geriatrics. Yeah. But as I'm getting older and nearing to the 60 mark, I now take objection to that word mm. because geriatrics doesn't necessarily mean old age. And we in, in the Western world, we correlate the two together. Mm. But historically, and if you look at the places like the Blue Zones, bluezones.com.au, which were investigated in the last part of the century, last century, <laughs> good English again, um, there's five areas in the world that boast the highest number of cent, cent, centenarians. That's it, you centenarians. got it. <laughs> it's like phenomenon, like phenomenon, and I don't know when to stop. Um, yeah, in the world. And, you know, the, the women are, are, are active members of society. Some of the men have even fathered children after 100. Wow. So I know as creepy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> just quietly. Um, <clears throat> so they are... And I haven't actually written them down, but there's um, there's Okinawa, Japan, there's Ikaria, Greece, there's Sardinia mm. in Italy, there's um, Costa Rica, um, and there's one more, I think it's somewhere in the Himalayas, mm. which I always forget, Hansen's? I think, anyway, it doesn't matter. So they have some commonalities. So um, a chap called, I believe his name was Brandon Bock, don't quote me, I can't think of that name either, um, 
did these studies, and it's called blue zones, essentially because they got a map of the world, the old paper maps of the world, and yep. got a blue outline pen, Nico pen, and circled the areas in the world where they found this happened. And then they looked at the commonalities between all these um, these societies and communities and found out what they are that makes them live longer. I mean, first of all, you do have to kind of win the genetic lottery. We get that. Yeah. There are some people that can, like my dear father, God rest his soul, he has passed now, but he pretty much did everything wrong mm. and he passed away at the grand old age of 85. Mm. And But, you know, honestly... He probably could have lived longer. Yeah. But he smoked since the first American soldier gave him a cigarette. The American soldier gave him his first cigarette in Germany, which he was probably about eight. Wow. He thought water was to brush your teeth in. <laughs> For all the rest, that was coffee and beer. You know, so I always said to Papa, I think, please, I hope I've got a lot of your genes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, but if it was just about the genes, um, all of the people would live long. Lives, true. Right? True. Those so we, we know, we talk about in functional medicine the three pillars of health. Mm. Mm-hmm. The other two things that turn those good genes on and the bad genes off are your physical and your spiritual environment. Mm. Okay? Um, and there is research to suggest that once, I know, I know we've ad hoc talked about this, so I'll just keep it brief. Um, once your genes are turned on, they reckon it's really hard to turn them off. I personally think our bodies are awesome. There's possibly ways we can do it. Mm. Um, But we can certainly silence, uh, turn the volume down. Yeah. And this is what the commonalities they've found and that's what I would like to talk with you about today. Um, Just on that, Alex, uh, my memory serves me correctly. Um, When you were talking about the blue zones, I remembered I saw um, a TV documentary, I think it was Jamie Oliver, um, where he actually went to some of these areas to explore, um, you know, how they live longer based on their diet and their environment. And I can remember there was a map and they had the little blue flags of the blue zones and he went and interviewed some of those people who were living longer and what what they ate and like, you know, some of the, the key themes there as well, aside from environment, was um, their diet. You're so, correct. you know, like a lot of them ate, you know, oily fish um, or they had a lot of olive oil. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, so they, di- they didn't – and whilst they ate vegetables, it wasn't like, you know – like we do here, it's a very, very different diet, Um, but it was based on their environment. Their genetics, absolutely. And, you know, you find the Okinawas don't use olive oil. Yeah. But they eat a lot of purple yam. Yeah. Okay, so they get their purple um, and their oils. They have, again, uh, fermented soy products, Mm. which I'm pretty sure the Sardinians wouldn't do well on. Yeah. So that's a very good point is we've got to eat to our genes. And you know I, that one of my second rules when you come and see me at the clinic is only eat what your great, 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 great grandmother times eight would have recognised as food. Because mm. if she didn't recognise it, sure as your extra genes and your microbiome won't. And that just, you know, like when we look at the different cultures as well that go with those environments, their their diet is based on that culture. So, you know, well, in Okinawa, they, they probably wouldn't, you know, have, like you say, olive oil and, you know, tomatoes and, Correct. you know, all the spices and all that Correct. kind of stuff. But they've got different ones. They've got the, what's that horrible thing that tastes so awful, the fermented seaweed thing. Oh, or, the kimchi and stuff. No, 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 kimchi, it's called... I could be making this. It's not umani. It sounds something like that, but anyway. Wasabi. No. No. It's it's, it's really high in vitamin K too and, in fact, they actually use it. Why aren't they use it to um, grow the K2 that we use as supplements in this country? Ah, right. 
Sorry, see, I, I think I researched and then I got completely off on a tangent and I can't remember. What was that that I thought when I learned about 15 years ago? You know, so, yeah, absolutely. But, and, yeah, and their ingredients would be very yeah. different to, say, in Italy or somewhere Correct. else. But there are common alloys which we'll discuss. Oh, if you on a well-known network picture flicks type <laughs> platform. Streaming platform. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Down to Earth, that's the one it was. It is that one, Down to Earth. That was recommended to me by Belinda Hyde, my most beautiful <laughs> podcast host, who I'm now recommending to her. See, this is how my brain works. It's like one of those sacred geometries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is one of the best documentaries, I reckon. Um, and he's, I, he's in Sardinia, right? Yeah, and I absolutely love how they look at water, yes, just yes. water alone. Yes, yes. And, and how different it can be, you know, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was so many cool things like how they uh, made uh, rye bread under Correct. the, the in hot Iceland. sand. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So what's it called down to earth? Um, and actually um, we don't have that streaming platform anymore because I disagree with a lot of the things on it. But so we actually subscribe to one called Gaia, G-A-I-A now, and they've actually got one entire series on water. Mm. Ah, amazing. Anyway, that's – we're. We're on a tangent again. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's us. So we're going to talk about the Blue Zones and I'm going to quickly talk, just quickly um, uh, list the nine commonalities and then we'll elaborate, mm-hmm. okay? So actually, no, let's go through them because this I, I can't just list. I always have to. <laughs> so the first commonality is they all move. Actually, you know the first commonality that I didn't even mention? What's that? Except for Loma Lida, which is that San Day Adventist community in the um, Californian Valley somewhere mm-hmm. in San Francisco. That's California, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Excuse me to all our lovely American, that's terrible listeners. Um, I do actually like looking at the, I like getting the atlas out and looking where everything is, but I forget. Um, they are the only ones out of all the blue zones that are under 100 miles away from conventional medicine. Wow. They're all over 100 miles away from conventional medicine. Right. That's interesting. Loma Lead is the only one that has doctors close by. No disrespect. It's just... Geography. Yeah, mm. it's just an observation mm. that was made. Okay, so the first, the first thing amongst all of these peoples, and actually I'm actually surprised the Amish aren't in here. Yeah. I would have thought the Amish would be in here. But maybe their genes are just not there, yeah? Mm. So there you know, they haven't won the genetic lottery. Potentially. Mm. So the first one is move laterally, move naturally. So they don't actually go to the gym. Mm-hmm. It's fine if you want to. And I mean, I was I went to the gym for a long time because that was the only safe way I could get exercise. But lovely with lovely Zoom and stuff, I've just now chosen for me. For me, I much rather do yoga than lift weights. Mm. I just find because I'm just such an adrenaline based person. You know, so I hate my husband thinks it's hysterical. So I set the alarm at quarter to five because I stream in with a Victorian beautiful, lovely lady who does Kundalini because it's the six o'clock their time. So I'm looking for I'm looking forward to winter when I can. <laughs> Goodbye, so, daylight savings. So I, yeah, so I actually <clears throat> I actually set the alarm at quarter to five so I can get up and relax. Mm. But, but anywho, that's that's okay. Um, so, uh, but you know, so the Okinawans do do or do do Tai Chi. Yeah. They, um, the Sardinians and the Ikarias and um, uh, all of them, they um, they actually live on a coastal fringe, but they actually their islands are mountainous. So where they grow their crops is up high. Mm. So they've got to walk. 
So the altitude plays a part there. Oh, maybe. I don't think it's that high, but it's just walking up and walking down. Nobody's got labour-saving devices. Labour-saving devices are the biggest threat to our health. Mm. You know? So no tractors or anything like that. No washing machines. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that sounds terrible, but, you know, you think about all our labour-saving devices so we can go and work harder to pay for our labour-saving devices. Isn't it crazy? (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah, so they they, they run the goats up to the meadows and um, they don't use the lawnmowers and, you know, um, they're, they're, they're slowly killing us. They do everything by hand. Did you know that if you have 25 minutes of some sort of non-sitting activity per day, you increase your life by seven years. Wow. That's not a lot, people. Mm. That's not a lot. And as I said, you don't have to go and buy all the highly branded gym gear and go and and, and walk on the treadmill and stuff. If you've got somewhere safe, take the dogs for a walk in the park. They've all got animals around them, mm. not necessarily as pets, but they've all got animals around them. So we, we, we're sharing our microbiome. That's not one of the commonalities. That's just an observation on my part. Mm. Goats and and dogs and geese and and lambs and you know they 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 just they're just everywhere. And when you, when the Okinawans do tai chi, they've got no shoes on. Yeah. So they're getting the microbiome from their you know their dirt, which mm. they don't spray with chemicals. So that's that, and you know um. One of them, uh, they do a lot of dancing. Yeah. So they, they do dancing, you know. Oh, the Costa Ricans. Mm. Yeah, they, 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 you know, they do a lot of tribal dancing and stuff like that. So, so I guess from that spiritual element, they're connecting with their joy as well. Yeah, that's and they're, next. And they're connecting with fun. Yes. Yeah. That's next. The mm. Okinawans call it ikigai. 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 Yeah, yep. ikigai. I've got a Japanese friend and she talks about finding an ikigai. Yep. She sounds a bit sensible for me, <laughs> and that's your sense of purpose. Yeah, but that was a co- that's the second commonality, and that's exactly you know why do you wake up in the morning, Bindi? Other than even just to go to work, how many people do we all know that go? Oh, I'm just going to work another year, and then I'm going to be able to do this and retire and what have you. And I'd think about a very good friend of my husband's who worked until he was 70 mm. and he didn't even get six months and his wife found him at home dead with his dog sitting on top of him trying to, you know, saying what's wrong, Dad, because he's, he'd lost that sense of purpose. So mm. maybe he actually stayed at work because he identified with that. So if if you don't have a sense of purpose, if you've lost your job for whatever reason, and I know there's a lot of people struggling, including a, quite a few of my family who had to leave their jobs for um, for reasons that they felt strongly about in this current pandemic mm. and, you know, including my daughter and she's a teacher and she's saying, oh, mum, you know. And that's what we're seeing, you know, in this, this phase of what they call the great resignation. People are leaving their jobs because they want to find their purpose. Yes. This, this stage in life has made us see that it, our purpose is really important yeah, and yeah. we need to have that meaning and that connection. Um, and just going through the motions every day is not working for anyone no. anymore. Unfortunately, my daughter loved her job mm. as a teacher. She mm. said, Mum, I was damn good at it, you know, so she's kind of the opposite. But having said that, without going, this is not a podcast about my beautiful daughter, but um, <laughs> who is amazing, as is my son, but um, they found a different purpose that line we, we talked about earlier, you yeah. know. So they, 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 they're they finding because this is so important. Mm. We need a sense of purpose. Mm. You know, we need a sense of purpose. You know, the, the, the amount of people I've nursed 
who end up feeling really sick or, 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 or end up passing away six months after their spouse or seriously six months after their dog of 20 years dies. Mm. You know, you've got to get up in the morning to feed, feed, you, you know, feed your fur babies. Any sense of purpose. And the more purpose you had, you know, the better. And the really, the, the, the really important um, takeaway from the, the Blue Zones is they, are, they have, a, and this is um, Tribe First as well, but they have a really strong family connection. Mm, and community as yeah. well. Mm. So, you know, they don't shove their old elderly in geriatric homes. And I have a very, very dear friend in Sweden. Hello, Titi, if you're watching or listening. You can't watch podcasts. Can <laughs> and she was, we, when we were chatting many years ago when we could travel still, um, and she was telling me she has one daughter um, and she said that because she was always at work and um, she said, but it was really good because her kindergarten was close to her mother's old people's home. Mm. Now, Titi's daughter's a, a mother of her own now, so this is many years ago that they do this in Sweden. Um, and so basically the, the daughter always went to grandma every day. What a great sense of purpose for grandma. Mm. You lock them up in their rooms and tell them you can't, you can't even visit and just wave through the window because the, the pandemic's going to kill you, yeah. no, no disrespect. What's that, what's, what sense of purpose has granny got now? Mm. You know, so this this sense of per- that personally, if I'm going to pick one of the nine, it would be this one. Mm. This is so important. Yeah, I mean, if you if you reach that stage in life, having your family around you is is that purpose, right? Yeah, well, anything, mm. anything, <clears throat> like anything. If you feel like you, you want to, you know, you want to save the world or whatever, and you know, as I said, I'm I'm 59 this year, so I'm I'm heading to the the R stage of my life, and I, I uh, you know, I said, oh, you know, in the next 10 years or so when I retire and have less stress, um, but I've always identified as some sort of health thing, so it'll be very interesting. But I'll think about that. When <laughs> you it comes slow down? To... Really? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Actually, yeah, this is it. I'll pretty, I'm going to study Italian, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the second one. The third one is downshift. And as you can see, there's not like this is this one, this is this one, this is this one. So downshift, um, again, we're going to the, the Tai Chi, yep. right? The um, Go and sit on, your, on, on, a, on a sunny spot if you can find it here in Queensland um, and, um, and read a book, you know, mm. and this, this is my problem because what books do I tend to read, Belinda? Oh, and what's the one I'm reading at the moment? <laughs> Blood-based things, friend or foe, what's it called? <laughs> Actually, no, I'm reading one about angels. It's really cool. I'm reading a few books. Just And, and so if, if you find that really hard and, you know, when I, as I said, I'm doing my yoga three times a week um, and, of course, it's part of Kundalini Yoga and I give a shout-out to the lovely Peter Cooper. If anyone wants to join a class, that's amazing. That's the one to join. I'm sure there's plenty of others actually but I just love Peter. Um, we do a lot. We do You do meditation and, and chanting or what have you, right? Yeah. And so then you've got to concentrate on your thought. You know how much I suck at that? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, third eye, third eye. Oh, and then I've got to, oh, shiver, I've done that accountant thing. I'm like, oh, stop it. <laughs> so I've actually, as much as I'm, I think I'm getting better at it. And some people just snap into it. Mm. And there's actually a really good book that I recommend by um, someone, Miski. Hurry up and meditate. David Mishki, mm. hurry up and meditate. It's a tiny wee book. It'll only cost you $8 from Amazon or your preferred book buyer. Mm. And it's a really interesting book to read. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But you're good at meditating, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I create meditation. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> so that's my, you know, that's really hard. So that's, of course, if you've got a faith, like the Loma leader, the seven-day Adventists, they are praying. Um, you know, and I always say to my patients, we talk about the five, seven, eight breathing, which um, we can chat about because that's really a downshift. So uh, we might have we talked about that before the four, seven, eight breathing. Uh, yeah, we have. I'm pretty sure we have. But I think we've also talked about the you know the four square breathing. Yes, yes. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about that one before. So whichever way you want to, I particularly <clears throat> like the four, seven, eight because I don't know, just gels with me. So the idea is if you if your out breath is twice as long as your in breath. And I think it's come from one of the blue zones and there's a natural gap in between you can't be fighting tigers so you must be resting and digesting because I think the whole downshift is to get yourself into that parasympathetic nervous system um, zone which helps you digest and detox. Mm, and, you know, just on that, when our nervous system is at, is at heightened all the time, that's where that degradation starts Correct. to happen and and. We're constantly in that state. We don't even realise yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the constant low-grade cortisol and inflammation. Mm. So what I try to do is I like, and like you, because I know I like you doing it, paint by numbers, mm. right? Because the one I'm doing at the moment, I don't know what I was thinking. I just actually bought, a. Ma- this is talking about an old lady, a magnifying <laughs> glass with, a pic- with lights on it because it is so small. I have trouble too. Sometimes I can't see the numbers. So yeah, I, get my, I get my phone and I take a photo of it and then I zoom it. Well, <laughs> if you go to, if you go to uh, I'll tell you which Australia Post it is, they've got an Australian Geographic magnifier uh, with lead lights around it. Right. It's amazing. Yeah, I think I need one. Yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> 15 bucks. Um, so, so colouring or, or paint by numbers. Sauna is a really is a good one, and it's also a great way to detox. Mm. You know, we um, we have our own because when I did biological medicine with Professor Rao, that was one of the things takeaway was came home and from Switzerland and said to my husband, "We're binding a sauna," and um, we put the classical music on. And Blair used to hate classical music. Now you sort of smell that pine and the classical music's playing, and you get that waft of humid hot air. We try and have one. We had one this morning. Mm. I had to cut it short, but. Um, you know, and people go, oh, God, but it's hot. And I said, but yeah, it's just different. It's different, yeah. It's like you just sit there and you sweat, but it's a different kind of thing it's because infrared, it's – yeah. Yeah, it's a very different mm. um, experience. Yeah, and, you know, the and the good thing is when the more research you do on it, it's the way you detox heavy metals. But I've just actually done some reading on it, like in – um, as the whole world probably knows, we've had a little bit of a dampness on this east coast of Australia mm. um, in the February, March. And so there's a lot of mould. Yeah. And you know what? Mould puts out toxins and some mm. of those toxins are actually uh, cause cancer mm. in the liver. And saunas are one of the few things that will detox the toxins. Yeah. So how good's that? Um, praying meditate we talked about. So, um, yeah, so that's the that's that sort of you know it all goes together. So that's the downshift. The fourth rule is eighty percent rule. So I, it's really funny because they 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 say eat till you're eighty percent full. You know, who of us who of us do that? That's where we we can't have a podcast without talking about MB, right? Yeah. So that's where metabolic balance comes in because I kind of think um, when you find out the foods that aren't inflammatory to you, you can easily stop at where you're supposed to, which is probably what you normally would construe at eighty percent full. Mm. You know, um, you got to, you know, um, and I eat 
too fast. So you've got to think about how, how fast you're eating. So I try and put my knife and fork down between each mouthful. How hard that is. Mm. Say, say, say a prayer before meals and meditate before meals because you're going to get that parasympathetic nervous system rest and digest. You know, why do every single culture, not even just of the blue zones, like ancient culture, has some sort of give thanks before they eat? Yeah, so that gratefulness before yeah. they eat is all part Gratitude. of their belief, yeah. And so that slows you down mm. for what we're about to receive, you know. That's not too hard to say. It also gives a different meaning to food. Absolutely. Mm. And we were talking about before, you know, um, even the smells from er- certain areas, um, from, you know, from from an abattoir, I'm sure that's not great for anyone's psyche. No. And I'm a meat eater, by the way. Mm. You know, it's, with all due respect to vegetarians and vegans, I wish I could do it, I just can't. I'm an O positive. Negative, negative. Um, only three meals per day. Yep. They don't have snacks. Mm-hmm. They only literally only have three meals a day. And what does metabolic balance do, Belinda? Three oh. meals a day, no snacks. Yeah. So they do that. because, And then think about it. And I even think about my, you know, my, my relatives in the old, dull days. Who stopped? Who had time to stop? Mm. Although, have I ever told you my coffee and cooking thing? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. After church, we always had coffee and cooking, and, and I was so bummed when we moved to Australia and there was no coffee and cooking. <laughs> so when I went to my friend's place after church, it was funny. I had to take a little bit of a different slant in, you know, it's all very well to be this wonderful, but at the end of the day, what do these, these blue zones have in common? They're away from modern conveniences. Mm. Well, Belinda, we have modern conveniences. We're human, mm. right? So the 80% rule, that's eat till 80% full. But I always say too, you know, only God is perfect and even he rested on the seventh day. If you do this 80% of the time, how cool would it be? Yeah. Right? So that's my two different takes on that. Somewhere in here I need to mention that they probably all eat garlic too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They all eat garlic. A garlic is one of those things, you know. And with this, garlic is a great antiviral. Mm. It's a great detoxer. Mm. Then know? I'm fine. <laughs> yes. But if everyone eats it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if we wash, it's fine. It's just if it comes out with bad, stinky BO. <laughs> um, the next one is interesting, plant slant. Now, the only one of the blue zones are the seven-day Adventists who are completely vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, some eat, uh, not a lot of them eat a lot of meat. It's about a, a deck card deck. Deck of cards, yep. size with every meal, and it's not always red meat. As she mentioned earlier, there's in Sardinia they do a lot of fish. Mm. In oh, I nearly had it in Okinawa. They do that other thing, and in you know other places they do fermented fish as well, which yep. is disgusting. Um, but that's fine. That's I shouldn't say that because they love it. <laughs> um, and they eat the rainbow. Yep. Purple seems to be the one thing that's in every one of them. Really, the color purple. Yeah. Yes. Because we don't really eat much purple, do we? No, we do not. Hmm. Do not. Like, and they seem to have fermented purple. Yeah. Purple sauerkraut. You know, kimchi's got purple in it and they have the purple yam and um, there's lots of other purple stuff. Be true. Purple legumes, Loma mm. Lida, have the purple beans. Yep. And Costa Rica, I think, as well. Beetroot. Yeah, all that. So, um, and uh, 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 all of these have a huge part of their diet that is legumes. Uh-huh. Now, this is interesting because, of course, you can prove anything. And I know there's a lot of very respectful, of whom I respect as well, medical functional medicine people out there who say we should not eat le- legumes because they're lectins. 
because they rot your guts, they make your gut more leaky. But I beg to differ, if we buy the legumes in the tins that have been highly pressurised, absolutely, they'll have the lectins in them. But if you create, if you prepare them like the Costa Ricans or the Sardinians or whatever, which means you actually have to soak them. Mm. And I think we've talked about this in the past, haven't we? When my daughter came back from South America, she had a bunch of, I think it was actually beans. Um, let's pretend they were black beans, black-eyed beans. And she had them on the on, on our bench top and they started going all fermenty and I thought, oh, she's forgotten about them. I said, oh, babe, your beans are going fungus in. She said, no, mum, the lectins are just rising. And I went, oh, my God, I've been talking about lectins all my life <laughs> and here they are. So, yeah, you have to rinse them. And you look at any culture. I can remember when I used to go over to my friend's house and she's from Pakistan and her mum used to cook. They wash the rice. Mm. They, they rinse all that stuff out. You know, rice is high in arsenic. Mm. So the Okinawans rinse the rice. Um, that's what the traditional cultures do and they don't actually cook it by absorption method. Mm. You know, so um, it's about going back to the traditional ways. And in Greece they have a lot of chickpeas too, don't they? Yes. Like, and they soak those. So yes, yes, they're legumes. Yeah, so, yeah, and you can get your proteins from those as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and metabolic balance. Yeah. We've all given legumes, yeah, yeah. a lot of them. Mm. Chickpeas are probably the most microbiome-friendly food on this good God's universe. Mm. They, your microbiome loves it. And FYI, if you say to me, oh, Alex, I can't eat chickpeas, they rot my guts and I get bloated and stuff, that means you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth because you're feeding the wrong bugs. Mm. So that, if you want to see if you've got SIBO, eat some chickpeas. And if you feel all sorts of awful... You need to Google SIBO yeah. and find a SIBO practitioner. And it also depends on the way that you prepare them too. Like if, again, they're not soaked and yeah, treated yeah. properly, yeah, then yeah. they – Yeah, they're certainly far yeah. more absorbable. Absolutely. Yeah. Who doesn't love hummus? Mm. I actually make a great hummus out of yellow lentils yeah, too. Now I'm craving hummus. I know. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that for – I, well, luckily I have a Thermomix. <laughs> I might do some. Although have I got any – I usually try and have them all soaked. You can do it in a Nutribullet too. Ah, That's how I do it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yum. Oh, stop it. It's only, <laughs> it's only quarter to 11. Yep. Okay, so, so plant slight. But they, but so you're not just – and, you know, serving size of meat is about a palm's worth. But – and the, the, the mammal meat, they only actually eat uh, once a week or so. Yeah. It's interesting. When I was in the Sacred Valley in 2015 in, uh, in Peru, we, I was talking about this before like – yesterday, actually, um, with my son. And we went to a market – which was amazing, mm. you know, and like there was the fruit and veg, and that was all separate. Like you had your fruit and veggies in one house, you had your spices in the other, and the wet market was completely separate, you know. Yep. But I can remember driving to that market and seeing a family in the paddock and the cow had just been slaughtered wow. and it was hanging up, Yeah, right? So they would <coughs> take that to the market and there was everything. There was There was chicken heads, there was chicken feet, there was... Like cow nozzles, no, what are they called, snouts, muzzles? <laughs> Sorry, cows, you know what I'm talking about. So they were all there but, you know, there was a lot of people and not that much meat. Yeah. Because no one has refrigeration mm. and you just don't eat that much meat, you know. So we, we all, we, we're far too meat heavy. Yeah, I saw a very similar thing in the Pacific Islands actually. Yeah? Um, yeah, where they just had slaughtered a pig and, yeah, pretty much, you know, had done them for a, and they use it straight away as well. So they they cook it all underground and then, Yum. yeah, and then they, yeah, that feeds so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting because a lot of people are, and, and, you know, and I can understand why I like down on pork. 
But it's only because of the poor animal's living conditions. Yeah. You know? This animal was living pretty well, yeah. can I just say. <laughs> and they all, all their natural, and that's the other thing that happens. They all, they, they all give thanks to the animals mm. they kill. And in Sardinia, they eat a lot of sardines. Mm. Just saying, you know, what my superfood is. Yeah. Um, now, the next one, which is one, two, three, four, five, the sixth one, is very interesting. So it's wine at five. Now, let me make a disclaimer here. It's not a bottle of wine with the five o'clock news. <laughs> it actually goes with the next three, being part of the right tribe and belonging. Mm. Ha, if, have you been to Italy? No. Right. So Italy's we all, you know, we all watched Under the Tuscan Sun and we all end up with Italy. But we were, we were in, in Venice in 2009, my husband and I, and we were a little bit, I love Venice, it's beautiful, but we were, we were a little bit disenchanted with the freneticity I made that word up, <laughs> of the tourists, of which we were two of them. I get it, right? And and you go around the corner and here you can buy a hat with Venezia on it for 10 euro and you go around another corner and it's 11 euro, you know, and um, they have to menu turistica, which is basically Americanized version shit. Um, <laughs> so we just went, you know what, screw this. After I'd seen the, Ven- the Venezia Opera House and they had the mandatory picture taken on the Rialto Bridge because the Bridge of size was under scaffolding like half of Venice is. And we went to, we walked the back streets and we did a lot of walking. We went through the university park and we just walked, 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 walked because, you, just, you know, you can't have a car and we walk anyway. And we, before you know it, it's sundown, next minute, it's sundown. And, and it was this transformation. Like because they all live in the, in the thousand-year-old buildings and this happens you know, probably in a lot of these ancient cultures. And all of a sudden everything was trans. Now this is not the piazzas where all the tourists sits, mm. sit. This is these piazzas in, in, in little neighbourhoods and they all out come all the plastic chairs. Out come all the plastic chairs and the, and the, the wine they've probably made on their slopes somewhere come out and everyone has a glass in plastic, I might add, but I'm sure it never used to be like that. All the kids are running around and getting slapped by everyone if they're doing the wrong thing and getting <laughs> yelled at and whatever. So they're all sitting there debriefing about the day having a glass of wine. Mm. And it's all red wine and it's probably not, it's probably, you know, pressed by hand. When I had my first clinic, I actually, the, the lovely chap who owned the business um, was from Sardinia actually mm-hmm. And I think he still works. He's an orthodontist. And he used, he used to bring his own made wine. He has a property in Mawulamba, which I hope is okay, actually. Um, and he'd bring it and he'd say, oh, this is like at lunch. Do you want some of my wine? I'm like, no, maybe not. I don't, <laughs> you know, and like the man's like 84 years old yeah. and still working. Yeah. And working well. So he's probably been, got the genetic lock tree. But so this is like you don't guzzle a bottle of wine and this is where we Australians in particular fall off. You can't save all you wine up and have <laughs> ten on the weekend or seven on the weekend. Oh. So this is very interesting. And children actually become part of this culture very early. So that that was it. And that is, except for Loman Leader who are um, strict non-alcoholics, but the mm-hmm. research actually shows that teetotalers generally do less well than someone who has a glass of red wine, good organic red wine, and I'm talking a standard glass 150, as yep. I said, not a litre bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But what colour is red wine? Uh, it might be purple. Yeah, and it's high in antioxidants yes. as well. Yes, yes, very high, Pinot, Pinot Noir. This is where the, everyone knows about Pinot Noir, it's so good or whatever. Well, this has come out of these studies. Mm. But not, not, you know, not added 
whatever they add, egg albumin and stuff anymore. It's just all very natural. Um, yeah, you can't have safe up, as I said. Um, the next one is, as I said, I think the next few are actually um, all together, mm-hmm. you know. So we the sense of belonging. Mm. Um, faith-based services. Now, I'm not saying you have to go and do have Catholic service every week. Something that gels with you. Even my yoga three times a week. When I read this, I thought, oh, see, I knew it. So what do you do at the, oh, sorry, what do you do at the gym? You know, you're there pumping weights and you've got your earphones in. And I said, that's great if that get releases your endorphins, but that never did it for me. Mm. But being part of my lovely yoga class and, you know, and, you know, you know, you do a group meditation for the people of the world and and, um, and the flood victims and the poor old people of the Ukraine and, and the European Union and, and, you know, she always finishes of all, in the world if you can be a number of things above all be kind. Mm. Just that. It's what I call take me to church and your church can be anything. Absolutely perfect. And, yeah. you know, it could be going for a walk, it could be meditating, mm. it could be doing yoga, it mm. could be going mm. to the gym, it mm. could be, you know, just just reading, if you want to, read the Bible or whatever mm. it might be. Yeah. Whatever helps you fill your cup and feel like you're connected. You have to be connected. With, your, with what gives you that, you know, purpose. Yeah, there's your first one. Exactly right. Like, yeah, you're right because, like, even if you want to read the book, of, like, from Rumi or or, or read the, the, the Bible, you know, you read that and you think, well, someone else has written that. I connect with that person so I know I'm not alone. Mm. Yeah, so absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, and whilst I don't read the Bible anymore, um, yeah. there's there's things that you can read that actually change you, you know, like yeah, right. um, that actually change um how you feel, how you think, and up- uplift you. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to all be doom and gloom. It yeah. can actually be, and that can actually be part of you take me to church as well. Absolutely. It could be music. It could yeah. be anything. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that fills your cup and lights you up. Yeah, and that's actually a very valid point, Benny, what you just said, because a lot of people concentrate on the doom and gloom. Yeah. Turn off the television. Don't watch mainstream media. And they say four sessions per month of any sort of face. Based any of what we were just talking about, guess how many years it can add to your life? How many? Four to 14. Ooh. That's a lot. Imagine if you did it more often. Yes, that's right. That's right. As long as you don't, it doesn't have to become a chore. You want to be truly connected. One thing I found that works, can I just share my tip? Yeah, of course. Um, is um, routine is one thing. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing is um, part of that routine is having that little piece in there every day. So for me, um, I had a routine where I, where I work best is where I have a routine where I have movement of some kind. It could be yoga, it could be, you know, cardio, exercise, something. Um, and then meditation. Yes. Um, so actually, um, coming back down and actually. Shavasana. Yep. Chilling out and then nutrition. Mm. So with those three things, if, if I stick to that routine, I am on fire Yeah, yeah. every single day. Yeah, and it's interesting because that alarm goes off a quarter to five and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, and I go, no, no, no. I know after the first two exercises of breath I'm going to feel so much better. And I'm not saying I'm anyone better than anyone else, but if I don't do it I would probably sit in the corner with my head shaved, rocking And I th- And this is where it comes back to, you know, your mental state as well. Yeah. Um, one one sort of helps the other and, yeah. and you've got to balance it so that – the, the physical 
is is enough to make the mental um, yep. make the other happen. Yes, yes. So if you don't actually have that physical movement, your brain's going to be like, no, I don't want to do it and I'm not going to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So it's going to stay in this cycle unless you move. And, you know, that's – you know, there is, um, I always explain, and I'm no psychologist disclaimer, <coughs> far from it, but if you think of your brain like a forest, mm. a wood, and the thought processes are paths in the forest, um, the more we tread a path, the easier it's going to walk. Yeah. Okay? So if you think of the villages and they go to their market every day or their church, whichever you want to say, and they tread the path through the beautiful sunny, I'm sure we talked about this in the past, um, meadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more villages that go there every day, the easier the path is going to be walked, the easier that thought and that that um, that pattern's going to occur in your head. Yeah. Something happens, a big storm, a flood, the meadow gets washed away. So the, so the villagers can still get to church or to their market, but they now have to walk through the dark forest to get there. Mm-hmm. And now they all walk through the dark forest and that path gets easier. So now all of a sudden their dark thoughts are easier. So if you kind of visualise that in your meditation, which I do every day, because, you know, we all, I don't know, we all have this propensity for dark thoughts as human beings. We've got, and it sounds so freaking trite, but we've got to walk the light path. And I Mm. don't mean the whole Jesus thing or anything, but we've got to walk the meadow. Yeah, so that's very true. That's very true. Um, And that is all part of it, hey. Um, loved one first is the next rule, um, and that is, you know, com- well, committing to a life partner adds three years to your life, um, and I'm pretty sure that can also be fur babies, fur partners. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to put this right. I'm, so when you think about, when I think about my, and I talk to my mother every day, you know, and I talk, think about her life, she grew up in the war in Germany, they had nothing. Mm. But what they had together was time. Mm. Invest in your children with time, not gadgets, not iPhones, not iPads, you know. Um, I've got a lovely patient who looks after her autistic grandchild and um, it is a challenge, I would imagine, and she does a fantastic job. I mean, so does mum. Um, but he's challenged, his behaviour was very challenging and still is, I would imagine, but he threw his iPad. He had an iPad because I think it was recommended or something, you know, they play these games. He's five. Um, and in a fit of pike, he threw it in the bath. They didn't have funds to fix it. Mm. And the grandma just went, you know what, I'm not buying you a new one. He's a lot more engaged and focused now. He don't have no iPad. Mm. Time over gadgets. You know, people go, oh, you know, whatever. The amount of people that say, oh, I don't know how to cook. Well, you know what? Maybe put on a YouTube, <clears throat> Jamie Oliver's great, how to make hummus. Come on, everyone, we're going to cook. Get the kids, whatever. Even do it, from, I don't know, TikTok or something. <laughs> you could if you wanted to. You know, or a Snapchat. <laughs> Bring it in like that. So but <clears throat> invest in time like gadgets, air time and time and time again and put your loved ones first. You know, we're, we're so busy trying to be there for everyone else sometimes we forget about our loved ones you know it's it's time is one of the things we have the the least amount of and it's of the high, the highest value yes um and it's the greatest gift we can give absolutely despite all our labor saving time saving mm-hmm. gadgets yeah mm-hmm. yeah i know um yeah and you know the other good thing with that is when you need them when you're old they're more likely to look after you mm. that's just being a little bit but you know and it goes back to the 
the um, the uh, the kindies in the in the old people's homes, mm. um, and the right tribe. <clears throat> you know, hang with the people who have the same beliefs as you, not Instagram. Yep. You know, did you see that on? I think it was on SBS. Who was it? Or was it Catalyst? I might have been ABC. Doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> they were talking about all the injections everyone gets all the and they're starting at age 20 with botox yeah I've, did you watch that program i didn't but i, I <clears> actually <throat> work with someone who's actually quite young and is getting botox I said, why the hell are you getting botox and like uh, you know i'm pushing 50 and i'm and, and gorgeous oh thank you <laughs> and oh, there's no way i would do it not that i actually need it but no, i no. mean what the heck? But the interesting thing with Botox, just to call out for, you, you know, we know Botox stands for botulism toxin. There's your first clue. But what the botulism toxin does, it actually paralyzes your muscles. Of course, then wrinkles are muscles that have been overused because we have expression in our faces. Um, and um, the problem with Botox is because it's botulism toxin, the immune system recognizes it as toxin and starts um, staging an immune response against mm. it. Mm. So, um, the medical fraternity was tell you the concern is that if you need it for, say, if you end up developing scleroderma or something and you need Botox as a medical procedure later on in life, it won't work. But what happens if you don't use your muscles? They atrophy. Mm. They they actually dis, they disintegrate. They die. They die. Mm. So what about these girls who haven't used their facial muscles since age 20? Then the Botox doesn't work anymore because the immune system says, yeah, no more, which happens. And I did say this to one of the girls, she said, oh, they'll have something else by then. I actually think that's really sad because they're looking at all the photoshopped images on Insta. There's a really nice um, ad on telly at the moment, the Dove one. Have you seen it? No. Let's bring back normal or something. And they did it. They did it one years ago when I was girls' grammar school nurse. How they photoshop models even then. And I got. I was, I was showing it to one of my students in those days. She was a year eleven and, and was challenged with um, self harm and stuff. And I said, "Babe, I want you to come here and watch this." You know the comment she made to me. This okay. was. 2004, she went, oh, Mrs Brewster, that is so cool. I wish someone would do that to me. I actually, I had tears in my eyes. And that's exactly what's happening. We are, we are photoshopping ourselves for real life. Um, so but you know the funny thing, like, you know, like, and of all the influences in social media and all the injections, whether they be fillers or Botox or whatever, um, if their aim is to attract the opposite sex or, or whatever, um, they don't actually like it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, for most of the guys I've spoken to, they're like, mm. Yeah, I know. So I know. I, why? Like just to look like someone else. Like, well, not even. Look like something plastic. It's, it's but, almost like they're androzizing us, you know? But, yeah, I don't know whether it's to preserve yourself or to, I don't know, but I'm just like I do not for the life of me understand it. I just don't. No, I don't either. And then you look at that, that, that um, when Zac Afron was in Sardinia and he was talking to that lady who was 103, I'm pretty sure she had more wrinkles than anything because that is her life tapestry. Mm. And she was happy and she just laughed and her eyes sparkled and the wrinkles were part of it, you know. Mm. So, um, and the other, I've got to give a shout out to pets, you know. Um, pets are so important in our life. And the research shows that if you've got a pet in your life, families that are too sterile are more likely to have um, kids with special, like, behavioural needs. Mm. I actually have a um, a little uh, hanging in my laundry that says, uh, pets leave paw prints on your heart and mud on your floors. Yes. Oh, my God, Freya this morning. <laughs> she was actually so wet. She doesn't, she's not like Jaquita. She loves the rain. She came, literally came running in and skidded, skidded <coughs> across my white tiles. 
Okay, so I've got a. I'm just going to read this quickly because I've. Um, I, we are well and truly getting into, um, you know, uh, the time. So we got to watch our waist. You know, we want to. Females should be under eighty and males under ninety four, and that really. And that's because that's a cortisol factory. Um, so and cortisol causes like it, as much as an anti-inflammatory. It, you get onto this runaway train. Get off Insta. Decrease sugar and processed food. None of them have any sugar and processed food in the in the in the blue zones. Mm. Poop daily. Do you know the amount of patients say to me, "Oh no, I poo one a week." The doctor said that to me. That's my, my normal. I went, yeah, that's no one's normal. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Even if it's just for recycling your junk estrogen, you got to get rid of your. Well, for any boys as well as girls, right? Um, and if you don't eat sugar and processed food and drink plenty of water, that should actually work. And if it doesn't, it needs to be investigated. Mm. Um, it'll often be liver or thyroid. Um, don't hold grudges. You know, they say holding a grudge is like drinking a poison and expecting someone else to die. Yeah. And that's easier said than done. Work on this one. You know, even if it's just like saying, uh, I don't know, I'm going to make this up. Say somebody stole your car park. And you, you know, you had to be at your appointment and you're now five minutes late. Just say, well, I'll send you love because clearly you needed that more. Um, it doesn't mean I like you and I don't think you did the right thing, but you're welcome to the car park because there's plenty more and I don't live in a war zone. You know, um, you know, and I, I, I don't know. Do you, have you heard that um, interview with that girl, The House in the Sky with Andrew Denton? No. So she was held by, um, she was a journalist and she was held by someone horrible over in the Middle East for like four years and was continuously raped and she lived in, like she ended up eating banana peels and stuff. And it's actually, she wrote a book called The House in the Sky and she's forgiven them and Andrew sent in and said, how? And said, I used to go to my house in the sky. I'm getting goosebumps now because this is the most, most amazing woman, most amazing woman, you know. So I don't know how I'd go with that. But wow, how amazing! Yeah, and I, you know, I've I noticed the way I deal with people doing awful things to me has changed as well, and I think it has a lot to do with how how you deal with yourself. Absolutely, mm. you know, absolutely. Mm. Anger is anger is you know one burst of anger. I don't know the statistics, but does increase your incidence risk, not incidence of heart attack. Mm. One, it might it's only absolute be, poison. Yeah, it might only be point five five. Point zero zero five percent or something. It's but if you have any bursts of anger, people are having in the day. Mm. Um, dark chocolate, okay, two to four squares. I'm not talking about <laughs> old gold rum and raisin. There's as much your as, prescription. Yeah, <laughs> as much as it's my favourite. We're talking eighty five percent and over because of the antioxidants. Yep, um, and that's what the Sardinians and Okinawans, not the Okinawans, the Okarians probably do, and the Costa Ricans. Yep. They've got cacao in their life, yep. and of course, cacao in the first place was basically water. With cacao. Yeah, and you know? and that's also ceremonially linked spiritually. Yeah, I yep. did I did research on this in my master's. <laughs> I chose chocolate. Um, and it was the word, and I, I, I'm sorry, it's the Mayan word, I can't pronounce it, and it actually meant gift from the gods. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, have some sun. In Australia where all the highest incidence of cataracts and melanoma, I get it, I myself have had a melanoma as a, melanoma as a young woman, but I did fry myself in New Guinea. Um, try to drive to work early in the morning without with without sunglasses on. You know what are we doing here? We're 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 getting that the, the the blue light into our third eye, our pineal gland. It sets our circadian rhythm. So some sun. You know, look at the sunset, the red light. Mm. 
That's my favourite thing to do. Oh, did you see it last night? Yeah, I got a photo of it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, spend time in nature, blue tones blown away from the cities, as we, we said, stimulating your mind, that's your sense of purpose, and drink your water, drink mm. your mm. water. So that is your prescription for, for the day. Um, <laughs> you know, and if you are the sort of person that, you know, puts your washing from the washing machine into the dryer because you haven't got time to hang it on the line um, and you're skidding out the door with your piece of white bread and um, your double cream caramel soy latte from a certain food chain um, on the way to work in a plastic takeaway cup and, you know, and you'd, you'd think, oh, my gosh, I've got all these things wrong. I would actually write down everything that you think, okay, this actually doesn't gel well with me mm-hmm. and change it. So go, okay, I'm going to hang my washing on the line on a Sunday. I'm just going to hang my knickers on the line because they're pretty bit benefit with a bit of sunlight. You know, I was talking to my, my dear mum and she said they'd never had washing lines in Germany and they used to wash the sheets and put it over the shrubs. I don't mm. know if we want to do that thanks to Redbacks <laughs> and stuff in Australia. But, um, you know, she said, oh, yes, of course, you know, you'd never put your sheets in the dryer because they absorb the vitamin D. I don't know how true that is. But there has to be some sort of energy that we then sleep on. How much better is it to sleep on? Even do that, guys. I'm just going to hang my sheets in the sun. I'm going to hang my pillowcases in the sun. See how you go. That's the first thing. Mm. Do that for three months. You don't have to change, you know, as tried as it sounds, Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm. Huh? Yeah. So do one thing. Decide you're going to have, say, okay, Alex said I can have dark chocolate. I'm going to cut my Mars bars and I'm going to have two pieces of lint, 78% chocolate. I'm going to make myself a cacao drink with a bit of maple syrup and honey and a little dash of milk instead as my treat. It doesn't have to be a lot. Write it all down. Maybe I need to put it all on a spreadsheet and tell people to tick it off. Get a colouring book and and decide you're going to colour for five minutes. And if you're like me, you know, there's adult colouring books out there that are like funny ones, like inappropriate ones. So, oh, is there? Yeah. If, if you, you want to explore those, they're good fun. Oh, right. Yep. There mm-hmm. you go. I must be sheltered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my one's got literally got um, uh, uh, bunny rabbits and flowers. <laughs> Yeah, there are adult ones out there that are inappropriate, <laughs> let me tell you. It's funny. I was talking, we were talking to someone, I can't even remember who it was. They were talking about the birds and the bees. Mm. And I was like, how stupid is it the bees? The bees are basically asexual. There's one queen bee that <laughs> produces all the eggs, all the others are asexual. So I thought, yeah, we shouldn't, we probably should say the birds and the rabbits or the birds and the possums <laughs> or something. Just saying. Anywho. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have, you, you, don't, you don't get any exercise? Sit on the ground and do 10 twists. Put your shoe, walk to the letterbox and then go, okay, I'm going to do that one more time. Mm. You know, it does not have to be a lot. You know, I uh, where I work in the city sometimes, um, they had uh, people in isolation in hotels around us and I would watch people just walk up and down their balcony, up and down, up and down, up and down for like half an hour. Yeah. Um, so even if you're in an apartment and you can't get out, you still can move. Yeah, yeah. That would quietly drive me crazy. I yeah. probably would rather um, sit and do 20 twists or stretching. You know, just I promise this will be the last of it. <laughs> you know, um, you look at a lot of the meditation or the yoga and all the Tai Chi, there's a lot of stretching. Yeah. And the gyms, they go, oh, I'm not going to bother stretching. Yeah. But do you know that if you can put your – you sit on the floor and you put yourself – you flex your feet and put it against a wall and if you can actually reach the wall with your legs straight – 
you uh, that increases your life expectancy as well because flexible muscles equals flexible cardiovascular system mm. and flexible mind, as my lovely Peter Cooper, Cooper, my Kundalini teacher, tells me. So isn't that interesting? Yeah, they say um, if you do yoga over a certain amount of time and it can actually change uh, the length of, of your limbs as yeah. well. Oh, I don't need And long... the shape. Well, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to say I don't need longer limbs, but, I mean, I'm grateful what the Lord, good Lord gave me, don't get me wrong, but, man, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll start looking like one of those avatars on Avatar. <laughs> Uh, anywho, so that's it. Um, so bless, blessings to you all, whichever way you want to receive it. I really think we can all do this, and we're we're all we're all in we're all in it together. I'm not a politician, but you know. And and, and all we got to do is just start. If you want to make a small Absolutely. change, you just have to start. So to wrap it up, um, if we do want to perhaps live a longer, healthier life, um, you know, we need to reduce the inflammation. Yes. Increase the antioxidants. Yes. Um, have a bit more fun and joy and yes. love in our life. Purpose, yes. And purpose. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the diet as well is a big part of that. Yeah, so. and stick with your right tribe. Tell yeah. them you love them. Even Happy if, community. Yeah, even if it's your dog. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. For more information on functional medicine in Alex's practice, visit healinghandsipswitch.com.au. 